Ever feel like you suck at this job? Motherhood, I mean. Have too much anxiety and not enough patience? Too much yelling, not enough play? There's no manual, no village, no guarantees. The stakes are high. We want so badly to get it right. But this is survival mode. We're just trying to make it to bedtime. So if you're full of mom guilt, your temper scares you. You feel like you're screwing everything up and you're afraid to admit any of those things out loud. This podcast is for you. This is Failing Motherhood. I'm Danielle Batman, and each week we'll chat with a mom ready to be real, sharing her insecurities, her fears, her failures, and her wins. We do not have it all figured out. That's not the goal. The goal is to remind you, you are the mom your kids need. They need what you have, you are good enough, and you're not alone. I hope you pop in earbuds, somehow sneak away, and get ready to hear some hope from the trenches. You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's Danielle. You get a solo episode with me today. I haven't done one of those in months. And so I decided that in December, I know we wanted to do something different because it's typically kind of a slow month for podcasts. Everybody's brains are everywhere. We're really stressed. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And so I was playing around with ideas of like doing an end of the year recap or like a what I've learned kind of episode. And so I recorded some awesome interviews that are going to be aired in January. One of them is about uh, learning how to cook. And one of them is about kids and body image. Really great. So definitely stick around for those. But in December, I decided that I'm going to do a little mini series. And I thought if I'm bringing some awesome things into free trainings, I may as well bring some of that here and share it with you. So today's episode is going to be diving into who I am again, reintroducing myself, because if you only listen to the interviews, you may not have any idea who I am, (laughs) which is fair. You may know I have kids somehow and maybe that I have bunnies. But other than that, uh, I just want to remind you kind of what got me into this and and what I do and who I work with. So that's what I'm going to dive in today. And if you are a parent of a strong-willed kid, if you know, you know, but I'm going to dive in even more into the families I work with and you can find yourself in their stories and see if that resonates with you. So, hey, I'm Danielle Bettman. I am raising nine and eight-year-old daughters with my high school sweetheart. We've been married now 13 years. We live in Omaha, Nebraska in the United States. I have had a C-section. I have had two under two, which I don't professionally recommend. It was a blur, but we don't regret it now. (laughs) My milk dried up right away with my first because of the second pregnancy. Uh, We have never had family in town at all. Our marriage has been to the brink and back, which is a whole story in and of itself. But I'm just telling you all that to let you know I have been there, friend. My second daughter, Annie, has taught me everything I know about strong-willed kids and just how polar opposite they can be from their siblings. And so I'm right in the trenches with you. I have a birth to third grade teaching certification. My degree was in early childhood development My degree is in early childhood education, elementary ed, and special ed, all lumped into one. In the past, I have taught Head Start, 
as a lead teacher, early Head Start as a lead teacher. I ran a program called Early Steps to School Success for Save the Children as a in-home home visitor. And I worked with families to help them do developmental screenings and connect them with resources and do a lot on early language and literacy, which I love. I will geek out with you about uh, good books. Uh, my, our favorite author, by the way, author illustrator is Mo Willems of the Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus series. But again, so I was teaching and doing all of that. I worked with a colleague after I had my daughters and was trying to stay home and be able to pump or not have to pump and all those things. But long story short, when I was on the other side, I realized, oh my gosh, I want to go back and apologize to every parent that I just worked with because textbooks don't cut it. (laughs) I did not know what I did not know until I became a parent. And there is a lot of stigma sometimes around parents. We're really easy to blame, especially from like the teaching profession or other, other practitioners where like, come on, parents, get it together. Why can't you get your kids to school on time? Why didn't you read all the notes that we sent home? Why didn't you, you know, insert whatever here? And that's kind of where I was at prior to becoming a parent myself. And having two under two definitely humbled me. (laughs) I was blown away by how different temperament my daughters were, even though they were basically Irish twins. I had to come to terms with a temper I didn't know I had, and that really scared me. I thought that I was a monster for a while. I didn't know how to get my second daughter to listen to very simple directions without a zero to 60 reaction. And at the same time, I was struggling to figure out how to help my husband understand and implement the tools that I was learning and figuring out without feeling like I was nagging or causing even more of a divide in our relationship. And I had to ultimately learn the tools that I needed to be okay when life was definitely not okay for a lot of reasons. So I'll try to wrap up this whole bio. I was working at a colleague's in-home daycare or school kind of thing with my two daughters when they were itty-bitty and eventually came on to lead a women's ministry that I was a part of for moms at this like larger church that I was at. And so I started doing that for the next two or three years. And eventually I got fired from that church. (laughs) And it was, long story short, difference of opinion of what our priorities needed to be. They had a professional come in and do a whole restructuring and I got taken off of the ministry and put on a whole bunch of Things that weren't my skill set and there was a kind of came down to a big agree to disagree with how people were being treated within the staff. And it's a really long story. If you know me in real life, I'm happy to dive into all the details. I promise you I am an open book. But that honestly led me on a long road of a little bit more self-discovery, eventually starting um, wholeheartedly shortly after that. So it was meant to be. But now our family is just really not uh, affiliated with the church at all. I think in some of the early days of the podcast, you can still kind of hear me struggling with like where I'm at in my faith and and trying to figure that out. And right now I'm just embracing the unknown and the unfamiliar and the all the gray of not knowing the answer to every question. And that's okay. So that, I mean, again, is an open book. I'm happy to be super transparent about 
The exact reason why they let me go is because they said I was unhappy, (laughs) which was true, but for all reasons that they caused and could change and refused to. So one of those situations where you see how the hot dogs are made or one of those. I want you to hear me say, I have and will work with families anywhere on any faith spectrum. And I'm super happy to support your family's values and your family's goals, whatever they may be, because Faith is just not a part of either of my programs. They're really narrowed in on child development and neuroscience and psychology and those types of sciencey things. But when a, whatever is a priority for you in your house, then I want to support you in that goal however I can as your coach. I will also say that I really believe parenting is very political And anything that I see as a policy change or something about our society that does support the full capacity and sanity and well-being and mental health of parents, I am going to fight for. And I also don't feel like you can fully embrace positive parenting and being able to offer mutual respect to your kids without offering them the gift of accepting them for who they are and celebrating the heck out of that whether that is their uh, gender or their sexual orientation or who they love or anything else that they find out about themselves and and feel safe to share with you. And so that is a big part of my priorities as a parent personally as well, that I feel like it's important for you to know. It's a something that's super, super, super important to our family's values And uh, my brother is actually trans. That's another reason why it's really important to me. The most words we've been able to put on where we're at right now is subscribing to horizontal morality. So if you want to Google that. (laughs) But a few other things about me. I was a competitive gymnast for like 12 years of my life, 14 years, I don't even know, growing up. Huge part of my childhood. And I was a cheerleader in college for the University of Nebraska Huskers. There's a huge cheerleader in me, and the cheerleader in me gets ignited every time one of my clients are proud of themselves, they have something to brag on, they are stepping into their full confidence, and when their kiddos are, like, safe and connected and thriving, makes me so happy. I also really, really love coffee. I just posted on my Instagram stories the other day, my daughter had written in like one of those back and forth parent kiddo journals. And it said like, what does your parent love? And it said coffee, us, and when someone signs up to work with her. I was just like, yes. (laughs) Made me so happy to like see my, to see how she sees me. Because I really do try to make a point of like, knowing that they light up my life, but also, but first coffee, right? Priorities. (laughs) So big fan of coffee. Don't really drink very much anymore. Um, I love to do workouts that like remind me of how my body felt when I was doing gymnastics. So right now I'm really into Naughty Girl Fitness, which is a subscription. I highly recommend it. Super cheap. And I go to yoga once a week. Um, oh, Heels, high heels are a part of my personality now. (laughs) 
This may sound weird, but I've recently just realized how much what I'm wearing plays a huge role in my mental health that day and how I feel about things and how productive I'm able to be. And I found high heels for our family pictures that are like actually relatively very comfortable. And I started just wearing them around while I'm doing like Zooms and working from home. And it blows my mind, you guys. Like I'm it's changing my life. So I found some winter heels because I was getting made fun of for wearing those strappy ones. And they're like these really cute nude boots that have this big chunk heel, but they go all the way up like half my calf. They're super cute and I'm obsessed. And I'm wearing them right now, even though it's 1030 at night and I'm wearing my robe <laughs> because they make me feel something and I feel so much more confident. So if you see me in real life, I'll be wearing heels from now on. And I also am a like kind of a lipstick fan. So those are my two areas where I get crazy. I do not wear jewelry or earrings at all. I'm super sensitive. This has completely diverted into like <laughs> a whole tangent. So you're just getting like a real glimpse behind the scenes of, of who I am. Um, what else can I tell you? I love Costco and Trader Joe's. Um, I cannot cook whatsoever at all, even a little bit. Just being in the kitchen is like stresses me out. I am an extrovert, if you can't tell by how much I thrive off of these interviews. I am deprived of adult conversation because I work at my home now. And so I just like go out to coffee shops just to like feel the vibe of other people. <laughs> it gives me energy. I get really cranky on Saturdays if we don't have plans. Like, I just need to be out in the wild. Show me the people. So I am a really, really, really good listener. And that's what makes me so good at coaching and developing these relationships with people because I can get to know them really well and I can ask the right questions at the right time to figure out the information that I need to figure out what's missing or where their head is at. And and I just love it. And I'm so good at one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I'm terrible if one person starts talking more, like <laughs> when my husband and I are talking and one of our kids starts interrupting, oh boy, all bets are off. I am a mess. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's me. So back to work things, if that's a segue. I, let's, let's rattle things. I found positive discipline, got certified. I had signed up with a business coach, figured out my one-on-one -on -one package, which really just finally combined Everything of what I was doing when I went into families' homes and was doing support a la carte, and I started developing resources on conversations and questions that kept coming up, and eventually found this theme of, like, every family has a kiddo like Annie, and they're the ones that I can just, like, the, you know, there's kind of a magic to it. And once you have this toolkit it's like you unlock their ears and you can understand what's going on in their head and it makes so much more sense and you can connect with them and you get so much more good out of them because you get so much good out of a strong-willed child, but the bad is so bad when it's bad. So I worked with a business coach that helped me develop my one-on-one -on -one package and that was including writing a family business plan and working on your patients and learning positive discipline tools. And over the last year now, a little bit more than a year, I have been honing and refining and really enjoying my group program, Wholeheartedly Calm. 
I've also had the complete honor and joy of working with Sarah Olsher with her company, Mighty and Bright, of creating a mental health subscription box and getting to co-create products like the special time cards that she has over there at mightyandbright.com. Go check those out. But back to my company. So Wholeheartedly Calm is 11 weeks to parenting your strong-willed child with way more patience and a completely new framework when it comes to your communication style and taking full control of your composure and meeting their core needs. And when you do those three things, you can cultivate cooperation, which is what we all want. And I do that with families that are all over the world. And it's so amazing how much opportunity is there with the technology. Thanks to the pandemic, we've all have just embraced. And so we do these live calls and we vent and we cheer each other on and we share ideas and it just gives me life. It gives me so much life. And my group program clients are getting so much more value than my one-on-one that I am just like really pushing that now as the best fit for most families. So who do I work with? That's a great question. I work with families that I consider to be worrying warriors. And I say that because I was one once and it's really just the dynamic of being worried about how you're doing as a parent, worried about how your child is doing and it really affecting how secure you feel and confident you feel in your toolkit and your methods and your patience because you have lots of evidence of rebellion and defiance and pushback and a temper and, you know, arguments with your spouse and all of these things. Oh, unsolicited advice from uh, in-laws, <laughs> holidays at your house with meltdowns, just outbursts several times a day that just make you feel like I am failing. I am failing them. I am failing parenting. Hello. Welcome to failing motherhood. But these families that are worrying warriors uh, realize how important parenting is and they only feel defeated because they are trying and they only feel guilty because they care a hell of a lot about their kids and they love them to death and they want to do this right. They want incredible things for their kids later on. They want them to come to them with their problems, not be afraid of them. They want them to have a thriving life and contribute as a citizen down the road. And they want to be a super fun Mary Poppins Pinterest parent, but they are parenting a tiny human whose behavior is relentless and exhausting. They are experiencing outbursts up to several times a day. They may have invested in therapy or other parenting books or podcasts or courses, but They haven't made them feel any more confident. In fact, they make them feel worse. They feel like they should know what to do and they beat themselves up for the temper that they didn't know they had. They're worried about their child's future. They may have discovered some gentle parenting uh, accounts and are trying to implement what they're they're learning, but their child is definitely not gentle childing. (laughs) They hear lots of conflicting information or take in these tips and tricks that they should be able to do and then they just never translate in the moment. Their child is defiantly 
yelling no back to most of their requests and demands. They are throwing themselves down in tantrums, arguing or negotiating at every care routine. They have high highs and low lows emotionally. They can be super sweet and loving, but also jealous, angry, and downright mean. So they feel like they're failing and they're afraid their child needs more than they have to give. Feels like they have a short fuse. Their child only listens when they yell. And they're walking on eggshells, trying not to set them off. Starting to sound familiar. But they wake up every day with optimism, ready to try again. They are constantly seeking out resources to help them level up, including podcast episodes like this one. However, they end up trying something new every other day, creating lots of inconsistency in their approach, or it's immediately undermined by an unknowing partner. They are working so hard to protect their emotions, they bend over backwards, sacrificing their own well-being. Or they try talking nicely until they can't take it anymore and then threaten, punish, and yell and then beat themselves up for it later. And I know around this season, that might be uh, reminding them that Santa is watching or, you know, the the elf on the shelf is going to tell Santa or threatening to cancel Christmas, all the drama and all the guilt. The problem with carrying on like this is that It deteriorates your mental health as a parent. It creates a wedge of divide between you and your parenting partner, if that applies. It it builds resentment between you and your kids. It leads to desperate discipline measures that do a disservice long term. And bigger kids mean bigger problems down the road. At the end of the day, the worrying warrior parent wants what every good parent wants. Kids who listen, their sanity, to know that they're doing the right thing to set their child up for success, to know how to coach them through and diffuse their gigantic big emotions, an open, honest relationship with their child when they are a teenager, and for their child to thrive as an adult. All great things, right? And that is exactly what the unapologetic parent has. Peaceful mornings, playful bedtimes, a plan to support her, and capacity for days. She looks forward to spending time with her strong-willed child. She has peace of mind and complete confidence in her toolkit of scripts and strategies, knowing she can handle whatever they throw her way, She's able to let the little things go, never letting criticism of her parenting get to her. And she feels really good about having more kids or leaving them with a babysitter or deciding to homeschool or moving abroad or starting a business or going back to work. All things my clients have done as a result of working together. It's so much more than not yelling. So to understand how so many parents end up being worrying warriors rather than unapologetic parents, I love to be able to uncover the misconceptions or the beliefs that led them there or keep them stuck there. There is so much about traditional parenting tools that don't work with strong-willed kids and 
so much growth and change and learning that has to happen while becoming a parent of a strong-willed child that no one has taught us, that wasn't modeled for us, works completely against the deep conditioning of how we were parented. So it makes sense if it's confusing or frustrating or baffling. Maybe instead of worrying warriors, I need to I need to workshop this a little bit. Maybe it's like mystified moms or bewildered baddies. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll stick with the original name. But that, these are the families that I absolutely adore coming alongside. Not only because I was mine, I was one myself, but because there's so much potential for better days. And the way that I have created my method as well as my programs is to make success inevitable, better days inevitable, that there's no way you can commit to a program like mine and not have things completely transform. That's the goal. There are so many ways that you could throw resources to the wind without any guarantee And that doesn't feel ethical to me. And that's why I refuse to offer really, really low ticket things that will collect digital dust and just be sitting on your side table making you feel guilty because you should know better. I actually hold your hand so that you can do better. So if all of that is resonating with you and you're like, oh man, hands in the air. Yes, that's me. That's my family. That's my kiddo. Then That's exactly why I created my free training, Authentic and Unapologetic, which I'm sure you've heard me promote by now, but it really is a labor of love so that it can open your eyes and just help you see what you didn't know you didn't know about the personality of the child you're dealing with and what you're doing that actually is going to work or just is never going to work. I reveal all of that in that free training. So It's parentingwholeheartedly.com slash unapologetic. And I'm going to share more bits and pieces from this training as a mini series throughout the rest of December. So in the following Tuesdays, uh, look forward to a few more episodes coming out before more interviews again in the new year. So as a refresher, that is me. Again, I would love to be able to connect with you. Podcasting feels very one-sided and it's bizarre that anyone even listens to this. But actually, according to the, all the statistics and things uh, by like the hosting platforms, our failing motherhood is in the top 10% of all podcasts out there. This is just phenomenal, and you should be so proud of yourselves for (laughs) the listens and the commitment that you have to your families. Your kids are so lucky to have you. But if you are a regular listener, I would love to know. I would love to know what this podcast has been able to support you with, what interviews you've really benefited from, and what you would like to see from Failing Motherhood in 2023. So please connect with me on Instagram. I am at parent underscore wholeheartedly send me a DM, say, hey, say, hey, I listened to Failing Motherhood and I will just be so excited to get to know you. So, and welcome you into my world. Uh, The internet is a wild, wild west and so I'm happy to have you in my little corner. You are the parent your kids need. And even if it feels like you're failing right now, I promise you there is so much hope. I'm so glad you're here. 
Stay tuned for more. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Failing Motherhood. Your kids are so lucky to have you. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot right now and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me. If you're loving the podcast, be sure that you've subscribed and leave a review so we can help more moms know that they are not alone if they feel like they're failing motherhood on a daily basis. And if you're ready to transform your relationship with your strong-willed child and invest in the support you need to make it happen, schedule your free consultation using the link in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on. Thank you.